Men Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. I'm your host, Caitlin Sakel, joined by Anaya. You can find her on Twitter at Anaya on Fire. And you can find me on Twitter at mini underscore Kyle2. We have a jam-packed show for you all today, including an update on the Raiders community service in Las Vegas. And we give a little segment on what fans here think about the team, the professional teams. We also talk about the first four games of the 2019 NFL season, where we start the run-up to the season since it's 100 days away. And we also give you an update on the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas and what other areas they are finding parking. Stay tuned. We have it for y'all right here. So, as we all know today, there was a little spoiler out, and James Holzhauer lost in jeopardy today. 31 straight runs, professional sports gambler from Las Vegas, Nevada, and it was just amazing because he won $2.46 million compared to the all-time winner Ken Jennings, $2.5 million. And we here in Las Vegas, Nevada, he was from here. He won a little less than 2.5. And the city rallied around him. I mean, it was like a sports team. He cranked the horn at the Golden Knights game, and City just rallied around him, including me. I mean, I shouldn't say it, but City rallied around him, and just one game show contestant, and City just rallied around him because he's a sports figure who was winning. And James Holzhauer, I just like to give a special shout out because it's hard enough winning a shade on the 2.5 million. 1.29 million after taxes in California, the highest taxes of any state. And I'd like to give a shout out to him and thank him for representing the city of, of Las Vegas. And thank you for representing teams here and the fan base. How people are excited for games and how the city rallies around you. Thanks for showing everyone what type of city Las Vegas really is. And fans just didn't rally around him because he was winning. He was from Las Vegas. He represented the city on national TV. Everyone was rallying around him because he represented the city. And I think, and they will do the same for the Raiders because they've done with the Golden Knights. They've done with the Chicago Wolves AHL affiliate of the Knights. They've done it with the Las Vegas Aviators, a triple-A baseball team, and they just do it with every single team here. So no doubt will they do it with the Raiders. What do you think of James Holzhauer's run on Jeopardy and how the fans rally around the team instead of the team rallying around the fans? What do you think, Anaya? ...of schools in southern Nevada, not counting just Las Vegas, Reno, Carson City, other places in the uh, state. Uh, so, I mean... Unfortunately, the results have been exposed for the Jeopardy uh, episode that airs uh, tonight, uh, June 6th. But I think that he had a really great run uh, 
32 uh, episodes with wind. And I haven't seen that. I, I don't, I'm not sure if he made history, but he went very far. Yeah. Ken Jennings had over 75 games yeah. that he won in a row. And, but James was second mm-hmm. overall. And several times it's tournament champions. But it's nice to see, you know, the city rally around people because we are a city. Right. Don't think of Las Vegas as just a strip. I said in the past, and I'll say it mm-hmm. again tonight, Las Vegas is more than the strip. Correct. There are boundaries outside the strip. You see Red Rock Canyon. There's people who live out there. It's not mm-hmm. just a park. It's not just somewhere else to go other than the strip. People live there. Mm-hmm. I, I live out there. There's Henderson. Players from the Raiders and the Raiders facility is located in Henderson, a suburb of Las Vegas. Yeah, summer People rain. rally around these teams, and the city, people live outside of Las Vegas, not the Strip. And these teams, they go out in the community to launch these things, mm-hmm. to put things into motion for the teams to have community support because the Golden Knights would not be able to have the NHL, the hockey team in town, would not be able to host a second training facility if it was not for the community support. And so James, you see it around excuse town. Me, excuse me. James said, um, and I quote from USA Today, he says, nobody likes to lose, but I'm very proud of how I did, and I really exceeded my own expectations for the show, so I don't feel bad about it at all. And he does have a young daughter, so I think that he can go with that money obviously doing great things with just the start of it, and he can actually live a great life and become a mini-celebrity a mini celebrity in this town. Yeah, so and he already great. is a mini-celebrity. He has the key to the city now mm-hmm. and was print- presented that in front of the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. And a lot of people just rally around people like him because the city loves winners. The city yes. loves anyone who makes them famous and show what the city is about. And that's why people are attaching themselves to the Raiders, Golden Knights, Aviators, and even with the Golden Knights, the Chicago Wolves, the minor league, the AHL affiliate of the Golden Knights, people are attaching themselves to them because they're winning. People went down Mm -hmm. to San Diego for the playoff game because they were winning. Mm -hmm. People don't just support the team. They support anything attached to the team, which is really good to see because Las Vegas – is not the largest media market in the United States. But seeing the community outreach into different sectors of the team, of the people, is amazing. Um, names like the Golden Knights and the Raiders are really big names in the community, and it's easy to partner, for brands to partner and align themselves with them with uh, high franchises. Because it, it actually sells and it's better for their business. Um, we have seen it a lot with the Raiders, but um, Golden Knight, the Golden Knights, excuse me, Vegas Golden Knights, um, they came in and their uh, footprint on the city is incredibly shown. Um, just for example, uh, Next Gen is a uh, alarm system, fire alarm system company based out of Las Vegas. They aligned themselves with the Vegas Golden Knights, and now everything you see that has their brand on it has the Knights on it. 
And so um, the Raiders have done that uh, with different places, like, for example, the restaurant Cane's. And they're going to, the more that they, the more that it, it gets closer to see them, we'll definitely be seeing uh, a higher, even higher presence that we do now. Just driving past the stadium, it has a white, it's, not, it's incomplete, but there's a white tarp on it and it says, the Raiders logo, and then it says UNLV. So it also lets uh, it it draws that connection and connects the dots with the people who have lived in, in this beautiful valley for years, who have supported UNLV's uh, athletics and their academics. So it definitely draws a line. In a, I appreciate it because the brand is not just coming here and just saying, oh, this is what we do. No, they're fixing themselves and tying themselves in the community with our culture and the presence of the Raiders and that stadium. It's going to spread a lot of fire. <laughs> um, you can actually start to see the stadium from North Las Vegas, and, and I live in North Las Vegas, and it looks flat. The, the strip, the more far out you get, it doesn't look like one line. It looks like everything side by side, but you can definitely see that stadium from everywhere. Yeah, I see it from Summerlin. If I look in the correct directions, Summerlin is directly west of the city, mm -hmm. and you can definitely see the stadium. I mean, you might need a little telescope or binoculars or even a camera, but you definitely see it, and it's definitely gl glamorous, even if it's not built yet, because... Yeah. It's another sports team, and the city loves sports teams. And the city really just encapsulates themselves in winning in a culture. And these teams are going to bring that. I've actually, believe it or not, this past week, I spoke with people that are going to become Raiders fans, and I went skydiving this past week. And I'm not going to say where, but someone who I met over there, they said, I'm not going to become a Raiders fan. Because they bring gangs, they bring all the bad groups and everything like that. Mm. I think that's just someone who is not necessarily educated about the team because they're not. And as you guys know, the fans, the team doesn't bring those people. The people are not gang affiliated, not everyone at least. And the they're just regular fans going to games and they rally around the sports team. The mm -hmm. city is a sports team. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I guess you can call it that because everyone here is part of the fan base. Mm -hmm. And you might not like them at first, but you'll rally around them. And the fans here in Las Vegas do. But, and not everyone here is good with gangs. I'm not. I would not say, I, the word gang is just so spreadly used. I would say a passionate coalition of fans, people who are congregating together in the name of uh, the sports and the love of a team and who are just passionate. I don't think that they are a gang. I'm not afraid of any Raiders fans at all. I think that they're just passionate about the team. According to the Las Vegas Stadium uh, Reds website, um, the stadium is declared to be the brightest spot on earth. Las Vegas will shine brighter when the Raiders kicks off in 2020. Now, we all already have the Luxor. If you're not familiar with that, uh, the Luxor is a casino, a hotel and casino in Las Vegas, and it is designed after the Egyptian pyramids. Now, at the top of the pyramid, there is a super, super bright 
ultralight beam that goes all the way up to space. And you can see. Anyone can see it. I see it in Summerlin. That's where I see the strip. Yeah, you can see it anywhere. You can see it anywhere you are. So imagine that stadium with the retractable doors. Man. And then on top of that, they'll have the the flame. The eternal flame. The eternal flame. Yeah, that's going to be outside. So um, if anyone wants to be a season ticket holder, go ahead and go to the Las Vegas Stadium dot Raiders dot com. Yeah, and if you want to purchase tickets, definitely do because the Raiders are here to stay and they signed a lease agreement on like a lifetime lease agreement to be here. It's mm -hmm. contractually binding, binding that you're going to stay here for life, life essentially for a lot of people mm -hmm. because their lease agreement is um just super long yeah and then think about the people's who um houses are near the stadium their value is definitely going to increase and i think this opened up the door think about the mercedes um in atlanta the mercedes benz dome super nice um one of the really nicest facilities in the nfl I think that Las Vegas, excuse me, I know that Las Vegas has raised the bar with this new stadium. Um, speaking of charitable things that uh, people are in, in the community support around the city this past weekend, um, in Reno, the Special Olympics kicked off. I know everyone's familiar with the Special Olympics. It's so great to see um, there actually being an Olympics for people who may be impaired. Um, I think it's important not to ever count their struggles and their triumphs out. And I think it's really great that um, the stadium was the backdrop for the Special Olympics uh, torch-bearing runners. So as you know, they light the torch in the, in the start of the ceremonies and then at the end it's uh, put out. But we as a city were gracious enough to uh, hold the ceremony and it actually being away from all the skeleton frames, all 300 tons of that huge stadium right across the street from Mandalay Bay. And they lit the, this uh, the torch this last Friday um, around 12 p.m. And it was incredible. They marched across uh, Rust the Rustle and the I-15. Um, when we were speaking about two episodes ago, that exit, if you're not from Vegas, there is the stadium is right across from the Mandalay Bay, which is on the Strip. There is an overpass uh, that's called the I-15 and Russell intersection, and it connects from both sides of the Strip. Well, they actually blocked that off for them to run around. A little practice yeah. for both the team and the city. Yes. Both of them coming together. I, I like to use that word. Yes, because as we mentioned before, that's the going to be the traffic plan to get to the stadium from the Strip. So I think that was pretty cool how um, we were actually the ones to hold the ceremony. And then the Raiderettes and other Raider ambassadors and players went there the same weekend to Reno, which is also a city in Nevada. Um, actually, that's where UNR is located. They went there to actually kick off the Special Olympic 2019 Games. It was really cool to see the Raiderettes and the uh, the children's smiles uh as soon as they seen the Raider uh, bus pull up, 
They were so excited. I think that it's really great that the Raiders have their hands tied in, not only in Las Vegas, but in Reno, showing their support to the entire to the entire state. Yeah, definitely. And they had a training camp up there as well. I know Joe told me that probably when we discussed it last week that they're not bringing just the city, they're bringing the whole state into it and everyone else because as we all like to see, mm-hmm. people come together for a common cause, for one common goal. And the Special Olympics is definitely amazing because I know they have in, in Reno now. I know a couple people who went up there for that. And yeah, it's nice to see the Raiders become a part of that, even though they haven't officially moved to Las Vegas yet. Mm-hmm. It's good to see that, though. It's really good, and a lot of people have been... There's a lot of changes that are going on for the Raiders. A lot of people being signed. Um, they're signing... A, well, they just signed a, a new cornerback. I think it was uh, DJ Killings. Yeah, DJ Killings was signed Thursday. and oh, We're back in Spitting Server and Black. I'm Kalen Sokal. And to go off of what we were saying, and to further detail the contract that the Raiders have with the city of Las Vegas. The lease is for 30 years with four successive extension options of five years each. Essentially meaning a 50-year deal. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's like half my life. That might be how long I live. I mean, I'm 19, <laughs> now, I'm 19 now, but the years of life, life expectancy has decreased every year for the past five years or longer. And, you know, that 50-year agreement is huge because it shows how much the Raiders are committed to the city of Las Vegas. The Raiders played in Oakland for one season. Mm-hmm. But for them to come to Las Vegas for 50 years is huge for them and the city. And it's, it's amazing. And their extension across the city and around the city is huge because what they're doing is we talked last week about how Raiders don't have an enough parking and how mm. their parking situation is not the greatest. But now Raiders, they have tw- 2,725 parking spots at the stadium itself. But listen to this. Mm-hmm. The Raiders have designated nearly 12,000 additional parking spots at other areas in the stadium vicinity. The newly purchased land would, according to Webb, who is the one of the main people in charge of the stadium, the COO, Chief Operating Officer Don Webb, said that it would more than the land would more than double the parking, which would bring on-site parking spaces to nearly 6,000. And the county, the Clark County, requires at least 16,250 parking spaces dedicated to stadium for the project. New additions will help the stadium exceed the requirement. And that's just amazing because it shows how committed the Raiders are to moving here. I don't know where the parking would be, but but when they have that parking, it's going to be amazing. They say it's in the works, so it's not necessarily released yet, the parking. But when I have read up on it, is that it's going to be the vicinity of the stadium itself, and 
just to have the extra parking is amazing because they just barely have as much as the stadium Las Vegas ballpark in Summerlin and this is this houses fifty thousand more people. So the they stadium added and more land. They bought more land. For they this. will be there in the process of, of acquiring it. Okay. And so it's really amazing that they're building this and they're having spaces just for parking because where else do you find parking in the city? You find it on strip. No uh, one's going to pay the no strip one's prices. Pay. But it's amazing that they're doing this and it shows how progressive, how forward thinking the city and the stadium authority is to having this a viable stadium for people where they won't complain in the future that there's not enough parking. There's 12,000 spaces. Imagine if two or three people are in each car. You know, that's 36,000. That's half the stadium. But half the people come from the strip to watch the game. So imagine that scenario playing out. That's just... It's going to fill up the stadium, and it's going to be really nice to see because Las Vegas is a bunch of forward thinkers. What do you think about the additional land and the parking spaces designated for a stadium? What are your thoughts on that now? So as a student, we all know the parking crisis here. There's a parking crisis here? I never had a problem. parking crisis at UNLV. So... For them to already be ahead of the game, I think that it just shows how uh, focus, laser-focused the Raiders organization is and how dedicated they are to finding their forever home. Because if you frankly just put it, the Raiders have just been house hopping, and they haven't found somewhere that they can definitely call their own. Them purchasing all these extra spaces is not only ensuring that they're serious that they will be purchasing those extra five-year contracts and extending them, but they're serious that this is going to be their playground. This is going to be their home. They're here to stay. They're making adjustments and getting comfortable for a growing fan base. A lot of the Raiders fans will be commuters, so they're putting in the fact that at least 50% of the fans are going to be commuters, plus the people who will live here. So if you add that up, they definitely needed to purchase those extra lots because I was looking at the stadium. Um, this stadium is not designed like any other stadium that we've seen thus far, especially with that front retractable door. We've seen yeah, it it's on going top. to be an open-ear stadium, it's be but open. it's not going to be a retractable roof stadium, but it's still open-ear, which is yeah. a really neat concept because yes. they don't want to let that 110-degree weather creep in. They know. but Exactly. They still want that sunshine and stuff, which will be, which is really nice. Really thinking of the fans, really thinking of the future, mm-hmm. think, seeing how far they can get in terms of architecture these days. Yeah, and they possibly. I know that just just with that being said, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have arrangements for um, smart cars and and plug up spots and whatnot. So I think that it's pretty smart that the Raiders are thinking about the community before this even happens, because everything is moving so fast. Everything is moving so fast. We're closer to 2020 now than we it, were a week, a week than ago. Than we were a week ago. It's June 3rd. That's amazing. That means there's six months left in this year alone. Pause. That's six months until we acquire the Las Vegas Raiders. 
th- that's just amazing. I mean, the city won't necessarily rally around the team being born in Vegas, but the team's going to have their own plan that a marketing mm-hmm. plan that brings the people of Las Vegas to the stadium. And that's mm-hmm. really nice, and it's a unique opportunity for the Raiders to create something their own because they're not following in the footsteps. They're blazing their own footsteps because they're mm-hmm. coming from outside. And that's just an interesting, intricate idea yeah. for them. And I haven't thought of a way that they could do that, but and I haven't talked to them how they're going to do yeah. that, but it's going to be amazing how they bring the city in because mm-hmm. it's not Vegas born, like the Golden Knights, Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. but it's an outside team coming in, which is pretty amazing. Amazing. Them coming from an already substantial franchise. The Raiders is one of the biggest franchise in the, franchises in the NFL. So for them to come to Las Vegas, a huge franchise in itself, this just the words Las Vegas. Everybody in this map, on this map, has heard of Las Vegas, whether they're in Australia, whether they're in England, whether they're in Canada. Everybody, even if you haven't been to Las Vegas, you know what it is, you know what it's about. You have an idea of what you think it is. Now, the Raiders are going to come in and make a whole new name for themselves. Not that they're forgetting their identity of the Oakland Raiders, but they're shedding that to make a new one here in Las Vegas, connect with these Las Vegas fans. Um, Kind of them coming in is shifting the culture because just just in the last three years, a a lot of things have happened in Las Vegas to Las Vegas, whether it be the weather, um, calamities, um, new additions to the city, new things being built. This stadium is going to have our pulse. It's going to have our blood, our Vegas blood running through it. And the uh, electricity and, and, and how intensified this event is going to be just the first day. It's going to be crazy. It's going so to rock many the city. Things, literally. It's going to be electric, like from, from valley to valley, from Lone Mountain to Red Rock and the Sunrise Mountain and back. It's going to be crazy. You're going to feel, it's going to be feel like a whole new energy in the city. And, and I already do feel that. So I think that uh, the Raiders is only going to, like they said on the website, they're going to highlight this city and it's going to shine even brighter in 2020. Yeah. And let's switch back and onto another topic, if we will. Yeah. Um, now it's time to talk about the first four games of the season. We won't talk about this every week, but every few weeks we'll talk about the next four games because there's less than 100 days to kickoff. And this is the countdown to get you ready and hyped for the season. Mm-hmm. First game, Broncos. At home, in Oakland, on ESPN, Monday Monday night game. First of all, this what is the are first some game. things to look out for? Of course, you have to look out for Joe Flacco, who's going to be the starter in Denver. He's coming over from Baltimore, having a season off, almost a full season off, with Lamar Jackson taking his job in Baltimore, and they have a whole. Their defense is new. They have a new coach, Vic Fangio a long-time Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, and they have new receivers, and 
their whole team is basically new. Their defense, they got rid of a lot of players, but they just paid up for a cornerback, Chris Harris, who wanted a pay raise or was going to be traded. So it's going to be really interesting. But with Cleland Furrow, Trayvon Mullen, and a hard-hitting safety in Jonathan Abram, who I will speak with at the Las Vegas charity softball game. Listen to the previous show to get caught up on that. I talked about that for a while. And they're going to just up Flacco because Flacco has kind of been like a Case Keenum in his layers. He's a game manager, but going up against these powerful leaders on the Raiders, especially in the first game, is going to be tough for him. And I... I see the Raiders win this one because you have Antonio Brown, you have Josh Jacobs, and a healthy Derek Carr in the first game of the season. Why wouldn't you win this game? I don't see a reason not to. If we just go based off the previous the previous game that the, the Raiders had, I believe that their best game was against the Broncos last season. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if... I don't know if the D- Denver Broncos are clear and if they have settled on their quarterback decision because I know that was going back and forth between It's Joe, Joe Flacco. It's Joe Flacco. So it's Drew, Joe Flacco. It's Joe Flacco. So Drew's it's number Joe Flacco. two. It's Joe Flacco. Yes, okay. Drew Locke's number two. Even, yeah, I mean, he. I just didn't want it to just be just because it was Joe Flacco. There was a good argument there. I'm pretty sure they just went ahead and went with him. So I don't think that Derek Carr – and our new running back, Antonio Brown. And the Oakland Raiders' new running back. Yes. I don't think they're scared. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the dub. That's only going to be our... They, um, you're pretty sure they're going to get the dub. They're going to get the dub. It's only going to be the first game at home for... For the final season in Oakland. And yeah. the players will be fired up, especially in that first game when everyone's healthy, because they want to go out with a bang in Oakland, and they want to inspire the people in Las Vegas. And especially going heavy defense, it's going to disrupt Joe Flacco so much that he, in his later years, he's gotten fragile. He's gotten injured almost every year. At least the past two years, he's had injuries that have either it actually cost him his job in Baltimore because they saw what Lamar Jackson could do. But Cleon Farrell, as I said, explosive edge rusher, Jonathan Abram, hard hitting safety, and he's good man to man. And against the receivers that the Broncos have, ooh, that that will be a matchup. But they're young receivers in Denver, and they won't be able to match up with the younger, faster guys of Oakland. And Derek Carr, he went off against Denver in the final game of mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah, that last one. And the first game of 2019, he's going to go off because Denver, they're not what they used to be. They're still in the building mode, and I, I see 27-17. I'm I don't want to speculate that much, but it was um, a high scoring they're game. Going, the it's going time. to be high scoring, but it's not going to be that high scoring because Flacco's more of a game manager for Denver, and I see Oakland easily winning the first game. Yeah, I think it was like 54-34 last time. So. I'll, in my opinion, I'll go ahead and give the Raiders the W. But the week two is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, the uh, league MVP. Damian Williams, mm-hmm. uh, 
explosive running back who came out of the blue last season for the Chiefs because of everything that happened with Kareem Hunt, who's with the Browns now. And then you don't even know if Tyreek Hill is going to play. I mean, but still, yeah. you still have Patrick Mahomes, who's a beast. He can throw his left hand. He can throw. He can flip a ball, and they'll take it 20 yards down the field. The Chiefs are just too explosive right now for a young, up-and-coming Oakland Raiders team who I feel can make a bang, real big bang in 2020. But in 2019, they'll get there. But against the Chiefs, they don't have enough firepower at this point. They do have Josh Jacobs. They have Antonio Brown, a veteran. And they have Derek Carr, but they don't have enough weapons on the outside in order to really test a team like Kansas City. Of course, they have Hunter Renfro. Of course, they have all the new receivers, but they're too young and too inexperienced to beat a veteran-laden team mixed in with a few young guys, including Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And that's just going to be a tough test for John Gruden and company to win. Especially when the game, I mean, the game's played at home, but it's going to be hard for Raiders to really, really win that game and really get a leg up on them. And I mean, that that's my thing. What's yours? I mean, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. The That last game, what was it? Only a punt that separated Tom Brady and the Brady Bunch from going home are going to the Super Bowl. Last year, they said that the Chiefs were too young and inexperienced, like you just said. This year, whole new story. I think as soon as Ty, I think Tyreek uh, Hill comes back game three. I think that. Well, um, just I just stop it there because what he did with his child and with his fiance, uh, or not his fiance, but his, his girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend. Um, is is too crazy and he's suspended not by league but by the team until they find out the real problem and everything but you can guarantee almost guarantee that he's going to be suspended for a while because he needs to get his head back on his shoulders and uh, yeah Ty League has done uh, I think we had this we talked about this already on the show he has a long rap sheet of child abuse uh, yeah go ahead and say uh, domestic disputes we will say and he does need to get well I'm uncertain of what time but I would just think maybe week three or possibly week six but I'm not the GM but I mean we already seen what Patrick Mahomes is capable of and we necessarily don't need him we didn't need him the last game so I'm gonna go ahead and give game two to the Chiefs yeah and I like what their coach is doing with yeah, yeah, Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy, and he got a job right after being fired from yeah. Philadelphia as the longest tenured coach to be fired that year. And yeah, he got to it too. He got uh, exactly, and he turned around the team with the help of John Dorsey in year one, because they won two games. They went two and fourteen, and then immediately they had a winning record because Andy Reid and company, and they also acquired Alex Smith as their quarterback oh, yeah. at that time from the Niners after they had chosen to go with Colin Kaepernick and we all know what happened there. And so it's just it's amazing what Andy Reid has done, but that game is the Chiefs to lose. So <laughs> the, you think it's the Chiefs to lose? Yeah. 
You think that so you go with the Raiders on game two? No, I say it's the Chiefs to mm-hmm. lose, which means that the Raiders will lose because okay. it's the Chiefs to lose. Like the Chiefs I have the game right now, but yeah. And so let's go ahead to game three. At the Vikings, in Minneapolis, just a regular Sunday game. So the Vikings, you had that big contract they gave Kirk Cousins a couple of seasons ago. You have a new offensive coordinator, and but you have a good head coach in Mike Zimmer, who's a nice defensive guy. But that offense never really seems to – it lights the world on fire, but it doesn't seem to do – just enough because it's they're just always kind of doing that. I mean, they have Kevin Stefanski who was their QB coach, but it's it's just another year that they're sort of on the wayside. Of course, they have a great young running back, the former Florida State running back, and he's good, but he. He's going to need something. I that game's a push for me. Dalvin Cook is the Vikings running back, but that game's a push because mm-hmm. with all the things that the Ravens had done this offseason, acquiring a running back in the draft, Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, having a ton of wide receivers, including Antonio Brown, one of the top wide receivers in the game, having a above average quarterback in Derek Carr. Having a defense that was retold in the, this year's draft, I think that that game could be low scoring due to the Vikings defense being so good year after year with Mike Zimmer. But I don't, I I see a hard time putting the Raiders winning that one. But I think the Ra- Raiders could squeeze that one out because look at their weapons compared to Minnesota and Kirk Hudson's is a good quarterback, but. He doesn't seem to get you over the top. He hasn't won a playoff game yet, and he's a regular season quarterback. He can win you games the regular season, but those teams usually go ten and six, nine and seven, not eleven and five. And the Raiders with the season and team that they have this year, it's really going to play a huge role for them in this game. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about Kirk. If we lose that game, if the Raiders lose that game, then it's going to be because of their def- of the Vikings defense. Because I don't really see Kirk Cousins doing that many points on the board against our line. But their defensive line is solid. Um, like I said, like you said, um, Dalvin Cook, their running back, um, Stephon Diggs, all nice. But I just don't see the Raiders. I don't see. Derek Carr giving up that many. I don't see him giving up, getting sacked. I don't see any of that. I actually see Carr flinging the ball this game because he knows he just has that uh, offensive advantage over Kirk because he's not going to hit that much. If anything, they'll go for a few three-point conversions, but I don't really see them getting touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And in my opinion, I mean, it's just it's a pu- it's a real push. I want to put the Raiders down for that game, but I, I, I'm hesitant. But I'm going to do it here because the Raiders' offseason adjustments, acquirements, second year in Gruden's system offense, 
it's really going to be the difference in this game. As you said, Stefan Diggs with a big, huge catch last couple of years ago for Minnesota. But that offense, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, who still might be shipped out of town from the Vikings because they can't afford him. It's it's a real push because they have weapons. The Raiders have weapons. But Minnesota struggles in some games. And they wouldn't think that they struggle with struggling. And But the Raiders have so many weapons. And if the Raiders' young guy, young weapons, and the offense ignite a fire that game in week two, or in week three. Why don't we talk about week three here? And it, they could very well pull out this game and start the season two and one. So I'll go ahead and go Raiders for game three. Yeah. And so week four. Colts. Colts. At the Colts. At the Colts. All right, last time they played the Colts was October, I believe. And the Colts beat them 42 to 28. Um, Andrew Luck threw for just a few more uh, yards than Derek Carr. And unfortunately, excuse me, a few less. Uh, Andrew had 239, and Derek Carr had more with 244. Um, they had way, Indianapolis had way more rushing, uh, way just about even on the receiving end. Um, too many fumbles, which which the Oakland Raiders only had eight last season. Um, so you, I guess they got a few of them this game. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Colts again. I the Colts? I'm going to go with the Colts. I mean, they're good. They have a good coach. And, and Andrew Luck's very nice. Yes, especially. But their coach, and, I mean, he didn't necessarily put the staff together himself because he was rushed in there after um, – Josh McDaniels sort of turned down um, the job after having a press conference announced to introduce him as the Colts coach, and they announced him publicly, and it was just a big PR thing in his face. But Indianapolis uh, Colts, their head coach is Frank Wright, and he's a really good offensive mind. Mm -hmm. The offense is there for him. The defense played play great. Their defensive coordinator actually got a couple interviews last year. And um, it just speaks volumes about, you know, how solid they are around the, around the team, around the whole team. Right. Because it's just, it's just, to me, amazing. But... Whereas on the other hand, I keep going back to all the Raiders' picks and everything. If they all pan out and their players who they picked up in free agency, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, at first I didn't, but thinking about it, the Colts yeah. really can pull that the one out. So nice, I Kaylin. So two and two. That offense is nice. It is. Matt Eberflus, their defense coordinator, mm -hmm. is, is nice. He has pieces and young guys who can who really step up every game, it seems. And who really, really put their minds together because Eberflus wasn't even the pick of Wright. He was the pick of Josh McDaniels. 
and with that whole story. But Eberflus, um, he's really good. He's a really good up-and-coming defensive mind. And the offense, how can you stop Andrew Luck, especially in his prime? I mean, you didn't think he'd come back as strong as he did. But he really Stronger. came back strong. If you year. this isn't um, this isn't statistical, but um, I'm sure we've all seen the season promo videos, uh, the the preseason uh, promo videos that they have when they drop um, when every NFL season, the marketing team drops the schedule and they do it every year in like a little cool way. Like this year was heavy with Game of Thrones, but um, the Colts had the most boring video it was just andrew luck sitting at a table on a chair just saying all the teams in order that they're gonna play now i feel like this is just the calm before the storm because they put that little boring video out there okay just count us out but i think that the colts are going to be pretty high on the board this season and they're gonna give the whole entire nfl a run for their money because they're just being very quiet yeah, they're quiet. always that team who's quiet. Yeah. They're always that team who flies under everyone's radar. But to again, going back board. to the Raiders, two and two to start the season could get any better than that for the Raiders in John Gruden's second season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that inspires hope in the franchise. That inspires hope in a lot of people. E- even Vegas. if it's not three and one, mm-hmm. even if it's not three and one, it's two and two. How can you complain about that? You can't. You can't, especially coming off last season where you only won a handful of games. I mean, the Raiders last season were four and twelve, and you can't you can't complain about it. But you also you also should expect better as a fan, and you know, especially with all the hype and all the money you're paying John Gruden, you should expect. Better than that, but in year one, you know it's going to be rough, and it he, it's only going to get better. He won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, and if you don't think he can do the same thing with Oakland, I I'd say for you to rethink that because you know you know he's only going to get better. Yeah, the Raiders ain't going nowhere but up. Yeah, and especially when they know they have to. When, when they arrive in Las Vegas, they don't really have a choice. If there's not even, we have to win game one here. We the have Raiders to. have to win game the one. The Raiders do have. They don't really have a choice. Yeah, it's not optional. Yes. Game one at the Las Vegas Stadium is not an option to win or lose. It's literally there's no losing isn't an option. Yeah, so. You know, it's now time for our favorite segment of the night. And I'm just going to go ahead with the Great Raider. And I'm just going to go ahead and announce my Great Raider as head coach John Gruden. Because I believe in him as a coach. And I see it. He really has the mentality. As I've said, as I've said in previous days and shows, you're paying John Gruden a lot of money. And he's going to get the job done for you. And his teams that he's creating, they kind of resemble the Patriots to me because Hunter Renfro, Wes Welker, and Josh Jacobs, you compare it to 
Sony Michelle, the Patriots running back right now. You have a quarterback, Derek Carr, who's not that in your face as Tom Brady is with the Patriots. I mean, he's like Tom Brady in that he doesn't do that, actually. And um, he, and then you have the defense, which is really solid now because you have all those young guys like the Patriots have. And you have a veteran lace team as well with the Antonio Brown there and like Demarius Thomas right now with the Patriots, who's rumored to be on the edge of the roster on the bubble. And you're really seeing that. With, and I, I mean, I'm seeing that with John Gruden with Oakland. So in those years that he was in the booth, he learned a lot and he knew and he was behind the scenes in a lot of different buildings. And seeing the way he's building the Raiders really inspires hope in, or it should inspire hope in you guys, as well as me. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I think John Gruden is going to turn around the Raiders. Who is your great Raider of this week, Anaya? My great Raider for today will be Trent Brown. Um, he used to play for the New England Patriots. Now he is signed to the Oakland Raiders with an eye-popping free agency deal with a whopping absurd amount of $66 million with 36.7 guaranteed. Uh, Brown was just at UNLV here in Las Vegas attending the annual pass rushing sec- uh, summit. So it's nice to see that uh, he has come back to the roost and does stuff for the community, still helping uh, collegiate athletes get to where he is on his um, 13th. Yeah, 13th, because he did play for the 49ers, the Patriots. Now he will be an Oakland Raider and playing in the Las Vegas Stadium in 2020 because he will be here for four years. So hopefully uh, he does good at the stadium, and the Raiders go ahead and sign him for another eight or perhaps 50 like we were seeing earlier. Yeah, and this and the reason he did sign with Oakland, and one of the reasons is because of the move to Las Vegas, as mm-hmm. we alluded to last week. The tax situation here in Las Vegas, here in Nevada, is one of the best in the nation. No state income tax, and nothing. And hopefully, that never changes. And so, just another reason why Las Vegas for Raiders is better than Oakland. You might say that. I'm a fan of Oakland. I want them to stay. But if you look at players want to save money. And if they go to Las Vegas, they save money. So it's a win-win for them. Might not be few, but it's a win-win for you. They're close enough to their L.A. fan base, close enough to their Oakland fan base. And they have a new fan base in Las Vegas. So they're growing, and the city is there with them. For Spin Server Black, I'm Caitlin Sokol. And I'm your host, Anayan Faya. I think it's a win-win for us because the Raiders are coming to Las Vegas. (laughs) 